0: hypothetical question for Dave and Scott let's say someone on TRT with prescription and oh and then he, he made a mistake let's say someone with TRT with a prescription and then I go to jail he said then i go to jail is <laughs> is,
1: is, is is hypothetical question the new asking for a friend
0: i i, I don't know What's up guys, welcome back to the podcast with Dave Crossland, I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK for additional savings on basically every carb you can think of, every protein powder you can think of, every flavor you can think of. Hit me up if you have any questions. Strom Sports Nutrition for you guys in the UK, especially those of you on the special supplements. You're going to need to hit up Strom for a health stack. Um, go to eval blood analysis to get your lab work done by Dave in the UK. Supplementsource.ca for our Canadians. And... Check out our T-shirts. We've got Christmas cabbage T-shirts. Dave, how about that?
1: Yes. So I have discovered. Um, I'm saying nothing.
0: I, I have nothing. to. What uh, did my grand? I'll use my grandpa's term. So I, I, I reached out to a tent and awning shop, and they were going to make a T-shirt specially for you. My grandpa used to say he had his clothes made at the tent and awning store.
1: Yeah, the the common joke was uh, Billy Smart's circus tent, but I won't. <laughs>
0: All right. Anyways, guys, we appreciate having you back. We got to make this one quick. It's been a busy week. Um, I'm actually heading off to uh, mini to get my car worked on this morning. Dave had internet trouble yesterday, but we couldn't leave you guys hanging without an episode. So i want to launch this one with a question. Uh, we are in January now, right? And it is the new year and it's a really good time to put on muscle. We're all wearing like hoodies and stuff like that. People aren't seeing how fat you're getting. So this is a great time to like seriously buckle down, eat all your food right, uh, train your butt off, try to grow as best as possible. Dave, if you were to give everybody one tip to do something different to make the best progress they can make in 2024 muscle growth wise, what would that tip be? I put Dave on the spot. He didn't know I was going to ask him this.
1: Well, I would normally go to training, but I go to training all the time. So, I'm going to put that to one side because it's like I'm not going to give them the same info I've already given them. Okay. Uh, So, the other thing I would suggest is we're all familiar with progressive uh, overload for training or progressive resistance, however you want to label it, and everybody has their own definition of that. But I don't think people are as progressive with their diets. So... People will tend to go, right, I'm in a cup, I'm going to bulk, and they'll stick to 3, 000, two, three thousand, two thousand, fifteen hundred calories, whatever, as an increase. Um, now, it may be that your current calorie intake is significantly below where you want it to be, but I would always advise making incremental increases. They may be even weekly to start with, rather than wholesale changes with food. And I think that's one thing that people don't do is they don't incrementally increase their calories as they move along. They tend to do big wholesale start jumps. Yeah. And and they'll be good for a few weeks, and then you'll start to see things and bugged down. And I think the other thing is they get too interested in where their hunger is Ah. as as a mark to increase calories rather than their progression. Uh, And so one of my simple bulking rules is weight, condition. Has weight gone up? No. Has condition stayed the same or improved? If it has, food's going up. I don't care how you feel. I don't care how hungry you are. Get it down you. Food's going up. Weight's increased, but I've lost condition. Right. Hold food. Weight's increased by lost condition again, then reduce food. So be adaptive to what you're seeing happen to you. But if condition is the same or has improved, food's going up. If, if, if weight is increasing and conditioning is maintaining or improving food stays the same but as soon as that linear progression of weight or strength fails then the first thing i'm going to consider is up in calories if i'm not losing condition yeah there's always going to be an element of softening but obviously that has to be you know considered reasonably which is why even if you're self-coaching so to speak pitches are important to you because it gives you a static it gives you a mark a data point that you can refer back to and do a comparison to
0: Agreed. i think
1: a lot of people will say i'm bulking so i'm gonna up my calories by a thousand. Four or five weeks later they start to struggle with a little bit appetite but they're not seeing any progression within the physique and, and often they just under eat Because and they've killed their appetite and they've killed their response because they've done this big jump where they did little small changes but frequently they'd maintain appetite and then they can continue to increase the calories based on how their body's responding and where their condition is.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll throw something in just to kind of add to this. I find that carbs are generally the the direction I go. You know, as a full-time coach when Dave and I aren't podcasting, you know, I'm, I'm helping people try to reach those goals. Dave, I've seen some of your transformations lately with your clients, man. You've done a, a great job. Like I've seen some guys put on an incredible amount of muscle. So you know, congrats to you guys. I think that carbohydrates tend to be more the area that I'll lean toward. And I try to mm-hmm. keep those carbs cleaner. I think a lot of times guys are mm-hmm. like, hey, I need to I need to bulk. I'm going to add in a bunch of cereal, a bunch of Rice crispy treats, You know, a bunch of garbage, basically. I'm eating Pop-Tarts all the time. I I think there's a time and a place for simple carbs and sugars, but I try to base the majority of the diet around good, high-quality, complex carbs, and I find that we're able to keep appetite up longer that way versus once you've just riddled the diet with simple sugars all the way through, I think that you're going to negatively impact your insulin sensitivity faster, and you're also going to affect your appetite faster, too. It's, It's not as easy to eat two cups of rice compared to, you know, two Pop-Tarts. But at the end of the day, you're going to get better results.
1: Completely and 110% agree. You are very few people are gifted enough in the metabolism department to be able to consume simple sugars, not get resistance, and not get fat or sabotage their growth. Um, Off-season is not an excuse to eat shit. Uh, a lot of people look at it as being so and it's not um it needs to be kept clean i would completely agree it is more the thing is as well if you are eating super clean even as you push the calories higher you will actually find it harder to get fat it will happen but you'll find it harder to do it than if you've got a smigger in it. and even if it's a in of shit every day that smithering of shit every day will soon start to have a negative impact um, and you'll be sat there scratching your head like, why am I not compressed in? Why am I suddenly... Because it feels like it happens all of a sudden. Yeah. Why am I suddenly getting fat? And it's not sudden. You've just been slowly but surely trashing your insulin sensitivity throughout, throughout your diet because you are having that clump of sweets every day or you're having that bit of crap every day. If you need an off-season cheat and to be fair the only reason you need a cheat is psychological. There's no physical nutritional requirement for a cheat. It is purely mental. I'm not saying that's a problem, but that's the re- the truth of it. You know, a cheat meal is a mental thing. Uh, even in a, even in a cut phase, you can have a clean refeed and, and have just as much benefit as would for eating crap. You don't need to eat crap, but you want to, your brain wants to, you want to. Um, and, that isn't so in itself a bad thing. It's just recognized for what it is. You know, that a cheat meal is a mental thing, definitely not a physical thing. And, and I did most of my bulking, no cheats, just clean, but a lot of food. And yeah. that's always been my problem is I don't like being fucking hungry. I don't mind eating boiled rice and boiled chicken every day. I could eat that even now every day. It wouldn't be an issue as long as there's enough of it. When you take my food away is when I struggle, which is why I've never really bothered with the condition stuff because I hate being hungry. I, I absolutely loathe it.
0: Yeah, it's crazy watching Under Construction, the movie <coughs> uh, Dave was in, you know, two documentaries in case you guys didn't know, um, putting on massive amounts of weight at the highest peak, 415 pounds. Not a pretty 415, but I mean, no, you, were, you were a big dude. It was a lot of clean food that you were shoveling down. You know what? We still have to do that eating competition thing that we're talking we about. Yes, so I'll, yes. I'll reach out to him this week. We'll, we'll get something set up. But listen, let's jump to our listener questions. It's great to be back, first of all. And we had a lot of people who echoed that. A lot of people happy to have you back and, and hear your stories from Thailand and everything else. I'm just going to jump straight into our listener questions, guys. Like I said, we got to keep this one brief, but we wanted to make sure we still got something out to you. Hope everybody's doing good, by the way. Um, if you guys have any questions for the next episode, then definitely comment below. We're probably not going to get to everything today. So if we don't get to your question, please recomment on this episode. Be <coughs> sure to tackle it um how about this one and i'm gonna i found i'm having better luck by not actually putting the questions up on the screen um from diesel he says uh, can you guys compare the ai serum effect of primo mast eq i feel like eq having an anti-estrogen effect is something we've only heard about in the last few years
1: i had a dog called diesel
0: did you really
1: yeah
0: no no what kind of dog is it
1: oh really
0: I thought you always been a bulldog guy.
1: No, no, I have I, I had a keto for a while. Um so science says primo is AI. Uh mast is um EQ it is a metabolite that is an anti estrogen The metabolite is not produced in high quantities and I find EQ very hit and miss. It seems to be particularly person dependent and I don't know why. Um I think it's a stretch to say EQ is an anti-estrogen, but I think it, it's. So I would. I would definitely confirm that in certain people it does have a strong anti-estrogen effect. In other people, it has none whatsoever. Um, however, so Primo is has both a SERM and an AI action, so it acts as a um, ER block as well as a um, aromatized inhibiting agent. Masteron is without doubt uh, ER receptor agonist. Sorry, no antagonist. I always get them two mixed up. Uh, but it does seem to have an anti an AI effect in certain people as well, but not in everybody. But it definitely does have an anti-efficient effect in certain people. It's something that, that Vigorous has discussed. He was he had a podcast with a guy, um, a a research doctor who was looking at the metabolite properties of certain compounds, particularly their anti-estrogen properties. Okay. And he, they were discussing the fact that Masteron on paper should only have an ER blocking action, hmm. but the reality of it is that lots of people have reported lower estrogen with Masteron, too much for it to just be coincidental.
0: Yeah. Steve
1: being one of them himself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the EQ, like I say, that seems to be Very hit and miss. The biggest problem that I have with all this is that it's difficult. We see science, and we've seen this all along, that there are things that happen in laboratory environments that aren't necessarily carried over into real world. Uh, The other thing is that for something to have a certain action doesn't necessarily mean that action is strong enough to have any real world impact use it all the time, and I'll go back to it again. Novodex lowers IGF-1 in lab studies. The reality of that with anabolics is it has no negative impact whatsoever. Yeah. Um, So, But I have seen blood work where EQ has been introduced and estrogen has significantly dropped for no other apparent reason. The big stumbling block that I always have and most of us have is that we never really know that what we're taking is what it should be at the dose it should be. Hmm. So it's difficult to be absolute or scientific when you've got this big unknown variable all the time, which is the quality of the drug. Yeah. Um, So I I wouldn't start throwing EQ into cycles thinking it's going to give you a massive anti-estrogen effect, but I would be aware of the fact that if you do run EQ, it would be worth checking your estrogen just to see if it has had an anti-estrogen effect. Because yeah. obviously super low estrogen is going to cause us problems as well. So we don't really want to be there unnecessarily.
0: Yeah. If I were putting a plan together, I I would look at it this way. I would know, okay, so test has, you know, it's going to have some percentage of conversion. That's going to be something mm. I need to be aware of. Um, I'm using Masteron. I know that I'm going to be really safe with that. I, low side effects as far as estrogen is concerned. EQ, I know I'm going to be really safe with that. I, I kind of like look at it as like, like, versus something like, um, you know, D-Ball, for instance. I know, oh, we're going to have... I kind of of almost put it on a scale of... You know what compounds are going to have potentially more risk i found personally with eq uh hematocrit was the main limiting factor like that's for me in my experience the number one thing that i've seen be a limiting factor in using eq outside of that i've seen very few side effects you know is it going so that's the way i go into it and then yeah then we can check we can check your blood work you know four weeks in six weeks in see where you're at and then maybe make some determinations. But I would never add EQ in thinking to myself, okay, we're going to do this so that we can control estrogen. You know,
1: it's, it's a recent trend is to use anabolics as anti-estrogens. There's been almost a a very anti AI attitude. I'm not going to use an AI, but what I will do instead is I will use an androgen compound as an AI effect. And, I don't have an issue with if you're going to run test and mast or you're going to run test and primo, then, yeah, use it for its AI benefit as well, because you might as well. It's an added benefit that it offers you. But when you see people where they're, right, well, my cycle was going to be, say, 600 mega tests. I want to control estrogen. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to add 800 quid of mass to that because I want that to control estrogen. It's like, well, hang on a minute. You've just over doubled your cycle right. with your proposed AI. Why not just use a bloody AI? Yeah. You know, all these compounds, none of them are the devil, even the big old T, You know, trend, trend is not the devil. It's the misuse and mismanagement of the drug that's a problem. I would agree uh and that's where it all gets screwed up
0: yeah i'd agree that's been the number one thing i've i've been concerned with is with this new trend because initially you're right it, it's kind of been an evolution uh you know years ago i would go back 15 years it was a staple to put a rimadex in your plan you know and then from there like just in the last few years and we we realized oh my god you know we're destroying your estrogen and all these potential side effects so no ai But then that's left us in this void, which it may work out okay for people on TRT. But uh, when you're starting to push your doses up into the super physiological level of testosterone, then we're going to get those super physiological levels of estrogen. We're going to have issues. So I think that this has been the answer to that. That's my biggest concern. Exactly what you're saying. Let's not let's also remember that these compounds aren't just completely innocuous ancillaries. It's not like vitamin C, you know, to to make you say,
1: I mean, there's this big hater campaign around AIs because it lowers estrogen, it does this, it does that. And then, well, I'm going to make you using an androgenic to lower estrogen, which is a DHT. There's a shitload of negatives there as well, particularly when you're starting to see doses of six, 800 a gram. Even yeah. Primo, a gram, you know, that's still a gram. Yeah. Uh, and Primo is an incredibly mild drug, but it's not mild on your cholesterol. It trashes hdl beyond belief i mean out of all the anabolics we use it's the harshest on hdl by far but it it's particularly gentle in every other aspect so you don't see high inflammation, you don't see high blood pressure you don't tend to see blood thickening so all those areas it's really it's really gentle with but not when it comes to your lipids it destroys them um so it, it swings and roundabouts it, there's there's you know, it, it, I keep going back and I, I pinched it off Broderick and I will continue to do so. Tool for the job. And it is as simple as that. Every chemical has a list of properties. It has a list of actions. It does certain things. Use those actions to your advantage. All right. Some of those actions you don't want, some of those actions you do. And you've just got to manage that in what you're trying to achieve.
0: All right, we'll try to jump through a bunch of these here. Um... <coughs> Question for the next podcast: Does taking an SSRI prevent mental issues from Nangelone or should a person be taking the, or should a person who is taking them, uh, should they stay away from nineteen nors? Love your content. Keep on going. Thank you very much.
1: I'm not a hundred percent sure on the full cognitive impact around serotonin with nandrolones so what i do know with nandrolones is that they are trend is particularly efficient increasing neuron activity and lowering GABA which is what leads to anxiety and overthinking all alabatics do it to a degree but trend does it to a greater degree Uh, nandrolones particularly lower neuropeptide y which affects um, memory and nandrolones have an impact on dopamine transport proteins which obviously affects dopamine yeah Um, levels which in turn then affects prolactin levels which is one of the drivers around raised prolactin using and
0: and that's a big concern to me then if we're talking about something that's going to interfere with your ability to utilize dopamine uh, and dopamine and serotonin are kind of a ying to a yang you know what mm. i'm saying and now we're going to push that serotonin up higher it sounds like a uh, it sounds like it could be a mess to me
1: so i i genuinely aren't sure in I don't think there's any interaction between an SSRI and an Andrelut. I don't think there's any intrachemical reaction. But I'm not sure what the net result would be with that combination. Um, Most people that I've ever had discussions around SSRIs who use them have always said it doesn't particularly make them feel good. It just makes them feel numb. So rather than having highs and lows, they just have this sort of mid-level meh okayness about life yeah which you know um faced with severe depression that is definitely a a favored alternative um but yeah from from what i've spoke to people that have actually used ssris long term they they've said it's more of just a an acceptable even keel but it does take the the highs and lows out of life very much so yeah um whereas trend from a point of view of just a usage, seems to be a more extreme reaction rather than this leveling of emotions. It seems to be a more up and down roller coaster of stuff. Um, a lot of people speak about Decker leaving them feeling a little bit low and depressed.
0: Many times I've heard that,
1: but I think that's the pure dopamine action because dopamine is our reward chemical. It's what gives us our feel good factor about doing things. Yeah. So when we eat we get a dopamine hit. When we have sex we get a dopamine hit. And that dopamine which is why a lot of people get addicted to food and have food relationship problems because post eating something they enjoy they get a dopamine hit they get a reward.
0: Yeah. And that's Same with part training. of training. Same with training, man. There's it. Yeah. Don't tell me it's not in there. You know what I mean? We get that workout no. in and we're like, "Oh man, I feel good. I needed that." Which it's and, not and that, it could be a good thing or a bad thing I guess it depends what it is, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, but that's our basic mechanisms of our brain saying, well done, you've given me some food, I can, I can f- survive longer. Yeah. Well done, you've reproduced, the, the species will carry on for a bit longer.
0: Well done, you bench uh, 315, you're a boss.
1: Yeah, but um, obviously Decker removes that reward or lessens that feeling of reward of life's activities so life becomes unrewarding or depressing. Yeah. Um, so I do think that the 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 deca um, impacts on on mood and cognitive is is very much through that dopamine axis rather than the serotonin axis. Uh, but beyond that, unfortunately, I, I'm sorry, I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you one thing, and this isn't just the with deca, but just SSRIs in general. You know, serotonin is our uh, neurotransmitter of contentment. Right. So when serotonin is high, which is supposed to happen at nighttime that we the dopamine kind of subsides and clears and we produce serotonin um that's our sense of contentment relaxation we don't feel the need like dopamine is the opposite of that dopamine is the the molecule of more as it's called where we and everybody knows about it now with uh, you know all the podcasts and stuff neuroscience is being so popular to talk about but just think about that there's there's one thing where we're chasing more we want to achieve and then ssri is at the opposite of that is like contentment so i i do i have seen it have a negative effect on people who maybe overdosed the SSRI to get to the point where they like just feel content and they don't necessarily want to train. They don't have that drive, you know, so there's there's a I think just a balance in using it just in general, because we've gotten the question many times, do SSRIs affect our bodybuilding in a negative way? But hey, you know, opposite of the spectrum, if you're so down that you can't get yourself out of bed in the morning, then that's definitely going to have a bigger negative effect on your training. Right.
1: Yeah, very much
0: so. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Um ooh hypothetical question for Dave and Scott. Let's say someone on TRT with prescription and oh and then he, he made a mistake. Let's say someone with TRT with a prescription and then I go to jail. He said then I go to jail. Is
1: <laughs> is hi is is hypothetical question the new asking for a friend?
0: I I, I don't know. Uh, he goes to prison for a random crime. Um, will he be able to get TRT in prison? How is the law in the U.S. and the U.K.? Is he an international criminal going to both? Is he gonna do some time like the circuit? And he, he adds, I, um, also, will they give me medication to PCT if I was blasting on gear? Just curious. Thanks, lads.
1: So I can speak for the UK. PCT, you've got no chance. It's illegal. Medically, it cannot be done. Mm. Uh, I believe it's the same in the States, as that was part of the issue with Michael Scully when he he had his doctor's license revoked. It was also part to do with his prescribing as well. But prescription rules within the UK do not allow the use of PC meditation to be prescribed for someone in a cessation of steroid use. There is currently, I believe it's King's College, an endocrinologist at King's College, that, or it might be Royal College of London, that is currently looking at this from a UK perspective uh, with the potential of possibly trying to have some legislational changes where PCT may be available in certain circumstances. Okay. And the prison entry would be one of the considered circumstances. Technically, the healthcare system in prison is run by the NHS. Uh, So, in theory, you should have your TRT maintained. Uh, The reality of that in practice is that, though it may happen, it may take several months for it to get sorted. Uh, And it may not even happen at all. I'm not aware of anyone receiving trt in prison but that doesn't mean it isn't happening somewhere along the line the problem is with most gearheads that they don't have a prescription they just self-admin between cycles so they have no proof of the problem moving into prison um so i can't comment on whether trt is actually available in theory it should be but i suspect knowing the prison service from both inside and out that the reality of that is it may not
0: uh, we had uh, several listeners who have had experience with this. They commented to him to let him know. Uh, shout out to our fan base. Um, they, uh, if you're inside right now and you're listening to the podcast, shout out to you. Do some do some push-ups today. Do some jumping jacks, bodyweight squats. And, uh, and think and of don't us.
1: For, don't forget to stash your phone when you finish.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here's the, here's the deal in the US. Your chances for well, there's no PCT number one and even if you had medically supervised TRT, the likelihood of you actually getting on it is going to be very slim, very very slim. I've heard of many bodybuilders who've gotten put away and there there's nothing. There you you know, you're not going to have that opportunity. That said, uh Dave you did have some experience inside, so you've seen you, at the time, you had seen anabolics in there. I wonder if that's yeah. gained in popularity with the popularity of anabolics.
1: Yeah, I mean, anabolics are the, probably the, the secret dug of the UK prison system in that a lot of prisons don't want to recognize that they have a problem with it. Okay. But it is without doubt very present. Um, particularly in the more open prisons. So as security measures, because we have, a, I presume you'll have the same as well. We have a gradient of prisons, so Cat A, Cat B, Cat C, Cat D. Okay. Cat D is an open prison where there's much more freedom. Cat C is old school semi-open. Cat A is max and Cat B is still quite high security. So within Cat D and Cat C, there's a very high um, steroid population use. Uh, it gets a little bit less in Cat B and Cat A because it's a lot harder to get it in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, orals are by far the most popular because of the ease of storing and they're not requirement for injection equipment and everything else that goes with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Castle Huntley in Scotland, last time I spoke to them, which is a number of years ago, I have to admit, and I used to do quite a lot of steroid work with them, they were saying they had estimated at a 50% user rate within their prison population, within the open prison.
0: 50, in, 50%. But,
1: but bear in mind, they've only got one open prison in Scotland. They used to have two, they closed one down, so they've only got one now. So Castle Huntley is the only open prison in Scotland, and uh, what they were seeing was a lot of lads, because they go out to work every day. Ah. Uh, so that's when they were getting access to the drugs and then returning. But they they regularly had... You know, searches and found steroids within the, within the prison premises as well. Hmm. Um, there's a job gone to court in Liverpool of a prison officer that brought in something like I think it was about 40, 50 vials of test into the prison. And got caught.
0: Holy crap!
1: There's along with a load of phones and other drugs as well. But so that you know, there is there is without doubt usage within prisons. Yeah. Um. Oral's tend to be more popular for the simple reason of consumption and storage. Uh, but we still see injectables as well. So it's definitely going on. Um, I've argued for a long time that to provide PCT on the National Health in the UK would be difficult because it would simply be abused.
0: So mm. oh, someone,
1: sure. do a, you know, someone do a cycle, can't be asked buying the PCT, go to the doctors, get it from them, and then they just go back on cycle. And that's not the 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 reason. so there was discussion around if it was to be offered it would have to be in a cessation program but where it could be offered uh with much less risk of abuse would be in a prison environment hmm. so, so if someone came in off the street declared they were on steroids use they could get a managed pct but in all these scenarios within prison you're not going to go and get the drugs given to you you're going to have to go and collect them daily
0: yeah. So Here, here'd be my so thought in, is get get it if you if you were in that situation, you had time before you were going in, I would try to get my recovery as best as possible now. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's there's been cases of guys lifted off the street that were mid cycle and actually experiencing withdrawal problems because um one of Scotland's strongest men he got imprisoned mid-cycle, and he was having all sorts of health problems mm. from a sudden withdrawal, which was was odd, and I don't know why. But he did have a, w- a world of problems. But there is concern. Obviously, prison is not a pleasant environment; quack, quack, risk within prison is high. Mm. Add to that, crashed hormones, and it is a recipe for some particular problems. Yeah. Um, there has been a couple of prisons that have had particular issues around quack, quack, within the prison. I Leeds, Ooh, by the way,
0: I got to edit that word. Don't say that word okay. again.
1: Okay, not alive problems. Yes,
0: that's a, um, unalived. That's a good word. Yeah,
1: un- unalived. So <laughs> Leeds, Armley, um, actually had the highest unalive rate of any, any prison in the UK. And I mean, I've been in there when they were around Christmas time and, and it was nigh on a daily occurrence that, that somebody was going out uh, unalive um and they started a very active stop on a living campaign all right um so there is there is talk about it but currently your your stuff is is the reality of it
0: let's see what else we have here we'll try to whip through a couple more and like i said guys leave comments below because like i said we couldn't get to everything today um so i did a whole podcast at one time with scott stevenson about sarcoplasmic hypertrophy david scott do you guys know the difference between sarcoplasmic hypertrophy and myofibular hypertrophy do the reps matter or is it just gear in genetics um, my friend told me that myofibular is like bruce lee and sarcoplasmic is roddy coleman i don't trust that prick to be honest <laughs> so the sarcoplasmic is the the fluid in the muscle and you can't increase that fluid But your ability to increase it is going to be much smaller. Like, I can't remember what the percentage is, but we'll say, like, I'm going to make up a number. Ten percent of the muscle is there's there's sarcoplasmic space that you can expand. Um, But then after you tap that, after you've done that, you've tapped that out. So you're not going to just keep filling it up with fluid and fluid until you're the size of Ronnie Coleman. You know, versus myofibular is going to be actual solid tissue. So I would argue that both Bruce Lee and Ronnie Coleman had, uh, had myofibular hypertrophy.
1: Well, my, my understanding of it in reality is that you get an element of sarco um, and then as your fiber increases, then that will increase again. And it's a bit like a one, two step um so obviously the more muscle fiber you have the more more fluid capability you have within that muscle yeah yeah uh, um but um i I'd, I'd, i wouldn't say that the fluid was was something i would focus on from a point of view as a method of of growth yeah
0: yeah Maybe. i would
1: i okay. i would see it more as a side effect of true muscular growth which is obviously fiber tissue um, and and I mean a simple way of putting this in very layman's terms is the more muscle you've got, the fuller that muscle can be. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's that's effectively it. Um, so um, yeah, I, I don't think there's a particularly one above the other in in this. I think they work in tandem to a large extent, but obviously, to me, fiber is going to trump everything else every time.
0: Absolutely. And there's a lot more potential there as well.
1: Yeah. Very um,
0: much so. Do you guys think running lower test and higher mast will be able to keep my muscle while cutting? Um, just for aesthetics. I'm not trying to be a mass monster. I'm asking this because I am a high aromatizer. I hate popping two ADEX just to control E2 from 350 to 400 test probe. Um, I don't get gyno easily, but I feel heavy and breathless due to the water retention in my upper body um, when I have high E2. Mm -hmm. You know, I I wonder, Dave, do you remember we talked about um, I kind of have a bone to pick with people who say that they're high aromatizers because they see high estrogen and they're like, oh, yeah, I obviously am a higher converter to estrogen. That's the answer. And then we talked about clearance. So the other aspect of that is how well are you clearing estrogen? I would challenge him to consider that first, you know, look at, and that all comes down to things like your liver producing enzymes that are going to help to break that estrogen down. Now you asked me a question a while ago, because we talked about calcium to and how mm-hmm. this can be used to clear estrogen and, and, and basically mm-hmm. prepare to eliminate faster. And you said Well, wouldn't would you be concerned about that also lowering test levels? Mm -hmm. And I would say no, I would say no, because it has nothing to do with aromatizing. OK, so you it's only working through those. It's not it's not doing the same thing to testosterone as it is to estrogen, because I thought it was funny. I was just sitting here just kind of dazing off the other day and I, I just I randomly thought about it. So if calcium gluconate helps prepare uh, estrogen to be eliminated from the body and if you can speed that process up, your estrogen levels, <coughs> will, your estrogen mm-hmm. levels will okay. drop. You know, it's not. It's not also speeding up the aromatization of test to estrogen. You know, so your. No, I was,
1: going, I was wondering. I was wondering had any direct effect on on testosterone levels in in the meta- metabolism of test itself as well. Yeah. To be removed.
0: Yeah. No, I don't. I don't believe it does. So right, okay. that's. Yeah, that would be a, a whole other thing. So. Yeah, well, I no, mean, I just, this. I, yeah.
1: This particular question this gentleman's just asked. We've sort of already covered when we were talking about using primo mast or EQ as AIs In, uh, I struggle to understand the logic around I don't want to take two ADEX a day but I'll take more Masteron and another anabolic, it, it's like what is your reason for not wanting to take two ADEX on a weekly basis or whatever it is uh, but you're more than happy to take more anabolics and and we have this attitude that more steroids is always better Uh, And it's not necessarily the case. Running a a low to medium test and a high mass cycle is is definitely productive in a cut. There's no denying that. I mean, I don't think any any of us would ever ever say, "No, no, that's a bad way to go. But if you're increasing your overall androgen intake higher than you would normally do because you don't want to take an AI, then I would suggest that that may be an unsound thought process. But if your total androgen intake is around what you would normally do and you're not pushing stuff much higher than normal, then it's a perfectly vile approach. Yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And it, it would be muscle retentive like any anabolic would be in the system.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think, too, the idea of retaining muscle in uh, a diet phase is – like our, our fears of losing muscle are um, – they're, they're much larger. Exaggerate. Yeah, thank you. They're much more exaggerated than what the reality is. Our ability to retain muscle on just having good testosterone levels is, you'll you'll really do okay. You don't need to take a bunch of gear, in my opinion, and experience. You just need your test levels supported. If you had just even TRT is really going to be enough to help you sustain muscle. Now, granted, where do I worry about muscle loss? If I'm working with a guy who, say, is um, doing an hour of cardio, and he's eating uh protein only, and we still and he's two eighteen and we need him to be two oh five to get on stage. And we have six weeks to make that happen. And we're doing protein veg, hour of cardio, and he's gotta lose somewhere like twelve pounds, fourteen pounds still. I, I, my concern there is, you know, about losing muscle. A guy who is at fifteen percent body fat. You can do that down to seven percent body fat, and your actual risk of losing muscle is going to be pretty slim. You know, if you're keeping the protein high, if you're if you take your time with your diet, you're going to be just fine. But people, they they see they they feel smaller in their clothes, and they start thinking that they lost muscle when they're just in a better fat loss position. Muscle goes a little flatter when you're dieting. You know.
1: No, yeah, say flatness is a big issue here as well. Um, I think the other thing is, as well as where you 've coming from, is so if you started at 35% and you're um, trying to get to sub 10, then yeah, that back end of that diet even is probably going to be more in danger of losing muscle because you're going to have to just get so much more extreme, even though you're not getting to very extreme body fat levels. You're still around 10%, but that area then becomes fragile because you've come from such a high amount of body fat. So your diet has, has to be progressive to maintain that that forward momentum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, and the other thing is someone who's already massively above their genetic potential when it comes to muscle mass carrying. You know, if you're naturally a 140-pound guy and you're sitting at 260, then there's probably a, a bigger drive for needing anabolics a little bit more. Because you're so beyond where you would naturally be with your muscle mass. So I can see an argument there. But for the vast majority of us, we're going to retain muscle mass quite well, particularly in the short window we're we're talking about as well. And yes, I do agree. I think most people over-exaggerate the muscle loss that they feel they're experiencing.
0: All right, one more real quick one, and then I want to hear some uh, Uncle Dave advice before we go. Billy Ryan back with us. He took a break. He made a post over in the Think Big group. He uh, had a bunch of life stuff, but he's still training. Looks great. Uh, what are our thoughts on using uh, growth in tandem with MK677? I wouldn't. Why is And he also says use the code think at Amino Asylum." Good man. Uh, what 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 is your concern? What are you thinking?
1: My main concern is the insulin resistance side of things. Um, yeah, MK is really I, bad
0: for that, isn't it?
1: I would go GH on off with a Secra 2 like GHRP 6 or CJ1295. So you'd do GH Monday, Peptide Tuesday, GH Wednesday. I, I could definitely see that. But I wouldn't run MK stacked with GH. I think the insulin resistance I mean GH itself can create insulin resistance long term depending on your dosage and your exposure. Yeah. and it's actually, it's actually one of the concerns around GH medication is insulin resistance has to be managed, it has to be checked. They do keep an eye on it because it is one of the contraindications for GH um, administration in, in people that have naturally low GH and need it to help growth. Um, and it's one of the big red flags that's been risen with this super slow acting GH that that's come out is ah. the increased risk of insulin resistance with it. Okay. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be combining them to um, MK, I think is a useful drug in the right place, but it's not something I would look to start with GH itself now,
0: man. I got the best sleep in my life. Taking MK really good sleep. That was like the number yeah. one thing I liked it for
1: yeah it's good for sleep and it's good for appetite i wouldn't particularly you that they're, they're the tools i use it for rather than anything else i don't particularly use it for its gh stimulation i use it more for the gremlin or or the improved sleep um but yeah they're not ones i would choose
0: i feel like when i, I took that. mk and i woke up in the morning like i'd get up and i'd stretch and the sun was looking at me smiling and i looked over and there's like a little cartoon bird on my shoulder smiling at me Mr.
1: They, that was the LSD, mate. That oh, was
0: different. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. I was thinking of something else. Um, all right, before we go, Dave, we we need <gasps> some some Uncle Dave's advice of the week.
1: I'm stealing this one, actually.
0: Oh, you came prepared by stealing from somebody else. No,
1: I just literally <laughs> thought about it, but it's so I've got two. Okay, and I've stolen them both. All right, uh, and they are sort of interlinked. So the first one is something that I saw Tom Hanks say in an interview. Okay. And it was basically that this time will pass. If you're having a bad time, it will pass. Hmm. If you're having a good time, it will pass. Time is not a constant. Good times don't last forever. Bad times don't last forever. They will pass.
0: Yeah, it is so true.
1: And then the thing that – get, and this is genuine. Now, people might take the piss over this, but this is a genuine thing I do actually use in my head and I do remember on a regular basis, and it's to do with getting through the times. And it's a quote from, I think, one of the greatest philosophers of all time. Scott McNally. No. Just keep swimming from Dory.
0: Oh, you told us that one before.
1: Yeah, but it's true. I just, yeah, but it fits the things. I, okay. I genuinely believe if you just keep going. Yeah. When life gets you down, you know what you got to do. I don't want to know what you got to do. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. If you just keep putting one step in front of the other, no matter how small it is, you will progress.
0: And that—that's that, a little fish. Move forward. Yeah, a little, a little fish.
1: fish out of Finding Nemo.
0: Finding Nemo, um, okay.
1: The problem is when you stop. So it doesn't matter how shit life gets, you just keep putting step one, step forward. But at the same time, and this is where a lot of people fuck up, when life gets good, you still keep putting one step forward because that's the time we actually start to stand still.
0: That makes sense.
1: So when life gets good, we tend to go, ah. Yeah. You've still got to keep swimming. You've still got to keep moving forward because otherwise, those good times will last even less than they're yeah. going to do anyway.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. All right, guys, it's all the time we've got here. Like I said, uh, comment with your questions for future episodes. If we didn't get to your question this time, I apologize. But like I said, we had to keep this one short. But we still wanted to make sure we, <coughs> wanted, to make sure we, we wanted to make sure we got a show in. Um, you can reach out to Dave. I've got a social media down in the description. You can reach out to me at McNallyDiets at gmail.com. Also down in the description, EvalBloodAnalysis.com. And StrongService for Nutrition in the U.K., and SupplementSource.ca for Canadians. Great deals that change week to week. TrueNutrition.com. Use our code THINK. And Dave?
1: Sir, sir, I've got something to say, sir. Please, Dave? Sir. David?
0: Crossland in the back behind Christmas Cabbage?
1: Uh, yes. I'm I doing a old training workshop on the 4th of February. At, oh. uh UltraFlex Gym in Rotherham. It's all day of a job. Mm. So we start in a classroom with theory. Uh, Is that Kuba's gym? Yeah, yeah. We do hinges, levers mechanisms of lift muscle stimulation muscle shortness all this sort of stuff and then before lunch we do the three main compounds so bench dead and squat and then post lunch we do individual uh, exercise technique and then just before the end of the day we do intensity lunch is included gym entry is included it's not cheap sorry but it's taken me 20 years to gain this knowledge it's 249 quid ahead but okay. that does include gym entry at fifteen quid, and it does include your lunch. And like I say, it's a ten-hour. That's,
0: 10 yes, That's a full, full day. That's a full day. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Well, I encourage everybody to go check that out. Plus, Cuba's gym is freaking awesome, from what I hear.
1: Well, it, I'm I'm actually putting the first ads up tonight. So there's only ten slots, and the reason there's only ten slots not because I'm trying to make it precious. Because I want to be hands-on with everybody, and I can't handle any more people than ten.
0: That makes sense. All right, guys. uh, Send me a link if you have it. You probably don't have links to that, do you? It's just going to be a flyer on your social media type thing.
1: You know I'm shit with internet stuff. Yes, it will just be a poster
0: on <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you can find out more about that. Go to Dave's social media. Um, you can comment here. And once again, guys, we appreciate you. Thank you for watching the show. And I genuinely appreciate all the fun, positive feedback, the interactions we have. I have a blast doing this. Dave does too, whether he will admit it or not. And uh, we appreciate you guys. So for another episode of the podcast, we will see you soon. Thanks, Dave. I've got
1: a question to ask yes? before well, you can go, but I've got a
0: question to ask. Oh, okay. Okay. See you guys. So um, Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. What do we do? We swim, swim. Dorino singing. <laughs>